I had this terrible, terrible apartment um, in New York that I lived in for like three years, good three years. It was on 89th and 2nd, and it was just a shithole. And I hated it. I hated everything about it, except for the fact that, you know, I lived alone, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm home for Christmas one year (laughs) while I'm living in this apartment, and we're at my Uncle Jack's house, and my dad says, all right, your grandmother and your grandfather are coming over, and can you please do... I'm like 29 years old at this point, by the way. He's like, can you just do me a favor and just like not do the F-bombs today? Everything else is fine, (laughs) but let's just lay off the F-bombs. I'm like, sure. My grandfather walks in. And he says, oh, hey, David, how you doing? I'm like, hey, Grampy, what's up? He says, uh, so how's your apartment? And I just said without thinking, ah, uh, Grampy, I can't live in that fucker anymore. <laughs> Somewhere. Welcome to this week's episode of Spoiler Peace Theater, the film podcast that doesn't give a shit about spoilers. We just want to talk about the movies. I'm Megan Kearns. I'm a freelance writer and critic, editor of Bitch Flicks, and a member of the Boston Online Film Critics Association. And I'm Dave Reno. I write for Salt Lake City Weekly, Orlando Weekly, and I also am a member of the Boston Online Critics Film Association. My name is Evan Crean. I'm editor for The Independent. I am co-chair of BAFCA and co-author of your 80s movie guide to better living. Which you all should read, because it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Plug. Plug, plug. (laughs) All right, so this week, we're going to talk about two movies. Mm. And they're Mm. both women-directed movies. Mm. All right. So I do love that. Starting off strong this year. Very excited. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about The Turning, and we're going to talk about the rhythm section. Mm Mm-hmm. The turning sounds like it should be about it sounds like it should be like a late seventies, early eighties concept album by like Fleetwood Mac or <laughs> you know, Kiss. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Yeah. The turning. Written yes. by Lindsay Buckingham. Oh, yeah. It would be by Lin- Lindsay Buckingham. Yeah. He did love a concept album. He did. <laughs> hmm. All right. So I think we're going to start with The Turning, speaking of concept albums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I am the only one who saw The Turning this week. Yeah. So, and I I really wish you guys had seen it because... You it, see too many movies, man. <laughs> You're always like, I saw 14 movies. I'm like, hey, hey hold, this is slow up there. <laughs> well, I feel like I need to catch up because I, for a long, long time, I felt like I was slacking. And so now I've revved up and mm-hmm. yeah. Now I'm now running you, with Now it. you're making me look foolish. <laughs> Looking like slackers. Yeah. <laughs> so I really wish you guys had seen this one in particular because there is a, and we're we're going to get into it and we're going to spoil it. We're going to spoil it all over the place. Uh-oh. Uh, there is a very controversial twist in oh. this film. So well, it maybe is not very the controversial. The turn. Of the, the screw. Yes, the turn had a turn. Mm. Yes, yeah, so this film is um, directed by Floria Sigismondi, who directed um, a couple episodes of Handmaid's Tale, and she's done some other directing in television. She directed The Runaways with Kristen Stewart. Oh, yes. oh man. Yeah, so this that's a that's a that's a, a callback <laughs> for me. Yes. So this is her second feature film. 
and it stars Mackenzie Davis and I like some Mackenzie Davis. I, I love, love Mackenzie Davis. Davis. Although yes. when I saw the trailers for this on TV, I thought I I I'm struggling with Mackenzie Davis as the you know kind of like the victim in a horror movie because I've just seen her be so badass between Halt and Catch Fire mm-hmm. and uh, Terminator. Terminator and in Always Shine, she's great. Yeah, and I'm just so. like nobody can push her around. She's also very <laughs> tall. She, she is. She is very, very tall. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, I don't know. Six feet tall. You're going to push her around. I don't know. You can give it a shot. Well, <laughs> I don't know how tall she is. <laughs> she is really. She might be six feet. Who knows? She is super tall. And we're going to get into the her being a victim and all that. There's so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. And Finn Wolfhard is also in this. Um, From Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah. Yep. And it. Right. Isn't yes. Yeah, yes. He plays. I was like, wait. Young, right. I'm not confused. The young Bill else. Hader. Yes. Thank you. And also Brooklyn Prince from the Florida Project, whom oh, I yeah. love. Oh, yeah. her. I love the Florida Project. It's so good. And I love her so much. She's amazing. And Jolie Richardson, too, has a very, very small role. So this is based on the Henry James novella, The Turn of the Screw, which is a gothic horror and mm-hmm. is a ghost story. But it's not a traditional ghost story. If you are not familiar with the story, it's kind of a you don't know if it's a ghost story or not. You don't know if the the governess in the story is mm-hmm. actually witnessing hauntings or if she's unhinged herself. Ooh. <laughs> More like, ooh. ooh. We need like a theremin yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and that essentially happens here too. Hmm. So. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just doing the frogs from Muppet. Take uh, Manhattan. I was thinking you were doing the Skeksis from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm, I'm, you know, Bill, Gil, Phil, and Jill. Yes. Mm, mm. Well, that's funny because the Muppets also Jim Henson did the Dark Crystal too. So clearly, yeah. that was a recurring sound in his films. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about the turn right. of the screw. So let's get or back the turning. To the turning. So the premise of the film is that. Um, Mackenzie Davis is she'd been a school teacher and she decides to take a job as a tutor to Brooklyn Prince, who's plays plays this little girl, Flora. And her previous nanny died unexpectedly and her parents have died unexpectedly. So she's got nobody except her brother who's away at boarding school and the cook slash maid is there. And that's it. So whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> who's paying this person? To yeah, work? who's paying this person? Did, did the kids inherit everything? Uh, it's never really stated, if I recall. Is this a period piece or did they update it? <laughs> well, so it's a it is updated, but it's updated to the 90s. So that's how the film opens. Is What? Actually, the film doesn't open this way. One of the early um, scenes is Kurt Cobain's death. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. A Wait, do, uh, <laughs> one of the early scenes is Kurt, like you see Kurt Cobain no, kill no, himself? No. <laughs> it just happens like the news, that's the I news see. broadcast yeah. of his death. So April 1994 is yes, what you're saying. Correct. I see. And All Courtney right. Love also has a song on the soundtrack too. Oh, God. <laughs> Is it Violet, at least, the best whole song of all time? No, no, no. It's a new song, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the soundtrack is great. The soundtrack is really fantastic. Um, it's got Mitski. It's got Courtney Love. I can't remember all the other artists. but The it, Runaways? No. <laughs> it should, but no. But yeah, <laughs> but the, the, the soundtrack feels very appropriate, and it feels very, like, I say appropriate to the time, of course, but it also feels very, like, pro, kind of riot girl. Like, it just, it's, it's. 
it, it's fitting. And unfortunately, the film is kind of a mess. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. So Mackenzie mm-hmm. Davis is great, although it is really hard to think about her being pushed around. And Brooklyn Prince is great. Then Wolfhard's even great, too. But we're going to get into why it's it's a mess. So Mackenzie Davis, before she goes off to take this job in this huge estate that the kids live in, um, she goes to visit her mother, played by Julie Richardson. And her mother is in a, a home. She is. She's in. Um, For the criminally insane. <laughs> no. I sorry. I just no, have to go down is. that road. Now. No, she really? Is. Yes. These these are all guesses. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of amazed at your guesses. They're fantastic, and so cliche. Um, but yes, her mother is in a, a psychiatric hospital, and she's doing like artwork, and she's doing really like creepy artwork, and she's like, you know, so Mackenzie Davis is telling her mom like, hey, I've taken this job. You know, I won't be around, and her mom's like all weird and like warning her. Don't about take things. the job. That kind of thing. So, so. <laughs> Don't go near the light. Like that kind of shit. Kind of. Not that. Not that on the nose, but kind of. So she goes and so Mackenzie Davis goes and she starts take, taking care of little Flora. And the maid is kind of weird and tells her like Flora never leaves the grounds. She never she never leaves the estate. And she's like, OK, that's weird. Because she says like, hey, we should go get some ice cream later. And she's like, she doesn't leave the estate. And it's like, what? Like, you bring the, the ice cream to yeah, her. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's so, how it works around here. That's right. So just weird things are happening. Like it's very, you know, typical for like a gothic horror haunted house type film. Where right. You hear like creaking and you hear hushed voices. And Mackenzie Davis keeps asking questions like what happened to the parents and they died in a car crash that Flora saw the whole thing of. So she's like, yikes, been traumatized, although she doesn't seem traumatized. She seems like she's like just a fine normal little kid until later in the film when Mackenzie Davis takes Flora and her brother Miles, who's been kicked out of boarding school. She tries to take them into town and Flora starts screaming at the top of her lungs that she's going to die. So she, she Flora is going to die. She thinks she's mm-hmm. going to die. Yes. If she leaves the estate, does she start screaming like Damien in the omen <laughs> when they try to bring him to church for that wedding? <laughs> that seems amazing. And yes, she does. And cause Mackenzie Davis is like, no, no, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And then Finn Wolfhard as miles. The brother is like, stop the fucking car. I'll fucking kill you. And like, yeah, oh, it gets intense. So that's the thing. So you find out that miles got kicked out of school because he like beat up another kid and was like really abusive. And he's got some like creepy abusive, kind of tendencies and you find out as the film unfolds that the riding instructor this guy named quint was very gruff as you were but really he was a, a an abusive asshole and he died and so the, so everybody's so like, everyone's dying everybody's around these kids dying around these kids yes mm-hmm. and Mackenzie davis is like what the fuck is happening yeah. and she, why did i take this job why did i take this job and the, uh, the film does this trope which i absolutely despise where as she's getting more and more frazzled and frantic her hair becomes messy she's not doing her makeup it's it's such a cliche to have a woman be quote unhinged by her appearance and so her appearance matches Hmm. her insides and it's just very i feel like this will come up again when we talk about the rhythm method (laughs) the rhythm section rhythm section rhythm method i wish it had been called the method that's it's weird. a catholic movie <laughs> <laughs> the rhythm oh, that method. Birth control. oh yeah 
You know, sounds what? like the parents in this movie should have been using the uh, rhythm maybe method. Maybe they should have been. Yeah. Maybe they were, and it didn't work. Oh. <laughs> By the way, uh, Neil Peart had a drum solo called the Rhythm Method. Rest in peace, Neil. Anyway, very nice. <laughs> but yeah, this—I mean, this is such a cliche, and I don't—I—I'm thinking it, it may have started during the women's pictures or women's films of the '30s and '40s. But it's such—I I can't believe this cliche is still happening. Like, it's just annoying. And yes, we will—I'm sure—get to it when we talk about the rhythm section too. So. Mackenzie Davis starts seeing things and she starts she finally starts seeing like ghosts and she starts seeing the previous nanny and she start like in weird spots and like outside but also in rooms and, and she just starts seeing her everywhere and then she also starts seeing Quint the riding instructor too and she's getting more and more scared she's getting get more and more unhinged and Miles keeps saying weird things to her like I know why you can't sleep and nothing's going to save you. And like, he's like a that creepy is weird. little shit. And like, everything is just weird. And she keeps calling her best friend and she's telling her best friend, like, you know, I'm seeing things. Things are weird here. I don't like it. And her friend's like, get the fuck out. What are you like? Why are you still there? Yeah. And she's like, no, <laughs> she's like, I can't abandon this little girl. Everybody has died or has abandoned her. She's like, I can't do it. So that's her reason <laughs> for staying. Yeah. So- her friend's like, abandon that little shit. Get out of there. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Her friend's the only smart one here in this film. So <laughs> I just picture Lil Rel and get out. <laughs> nice. So finally, she finally decides that's it. I'm getting the kids out because um after after the maid says to her, the maid has gone through her mail and her mother had sent her something in the mail, some artwork, and she she sees that it's from a psychiatric hospital and she's like, Oh, I hope that's not genetic. Uh, and which you know such a low blow dig and so some things happen some violence with the ghosts and uh, one of the ghosts the quint ghost and she sees the nanny being um raped and murdered oh as a ghost by the other ghost who is the writing instructor who but the nanny's alive though he no the nanny has died. Yes. Well, that's yeah, she the, sees them both as ghosts, and she sees like what happened. She sees oh, the, oh, the rape. Fr- the she first sees nanny. The rape murder. Yes, the first nanny. The, yeah. the, the first yes, her. The rape murder. Mackenzie Davis sees the rape and murder of the previous nanny. Okay. So and she, so is that why F- Wolf Finhart or Finn Wolfhart or whatever his name is killed the writing instructor? No, he didn't do oh, it. Oh, he didn't. You find out it was the maid who who got who like got him drunk and like he fell off his horse. She quote made sure he would not be bothering anyone else. Oh. Yeah. So, yes. So she sees like the bed shaking and she see then she sees like the ghostly forms and she sees him strangling her like it's really disturbing. Is this the this is the controversial twist or we have no not... we haven't even come to the controversial twist Uh-oh. yet we have not come to it when, when you say controversial twist do you mean yes. a change from the novella or just like it's controversial in the movie like this twist is controversial it's controversial in the movie okay. yeah it's not a change I okay. mean well it is, I mean the whole thing is a change from the novella because it doesn't none of this happens in the novella but I, it's arguably the spirit of the novella that's what. It would be very strange if if Henry James predicted said. Kurt Cobain's death. <laughs> well, that too, yes. So that would be that'd be very prophetic. Yeah, <laughs> very eerie. So Mackenzie Davis is trying to tell people, and by people I mean the maid, but she's trying to tell people like shit's going down. I'm seeing that you know there's 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 hauntings happening here. There's ghosts, and she says to the maid, she's like, I know the previous nanny was was you know attacked and killed by Quint, 
And the maid kind of brushes her off and she's like, you need to stop making things up. And she's like, you knew, didn't you? And that's when she, that's when the maid reveals that she made sure that the, the writing instructor, Quint, had died. Right. So finally, so then Quint comes along as a ghost and pushes the maid over a banister and the maid dies. Ooh. So she's like, that's it. I'm getting the fuck out. Is she a ghost then too? That was the last straw. That was the last straw. <laughs> so she's like, that's it. I'm grabbing the kids. We're getting the fuck out. And and um, Miles doesn't want to leave. And she's like, what if he hurts Flora? And so Miles is like, okay. So then they all get in the car and they're all about to leave. And they are at the gate and they're driving through the gate. And then the mo- then the camera like pans out. And then it's still... It comes back to Mackenzie Davis looking at her mother's artwork, and then you hear the maid say, I hope that's not genetic. Oh, this is the twist? This is the twist. It was all in her head. She was fantasizing all of that about her rescuing the children, and the whole thing is just in her head. That's stupid. Yes. Very. And so- Is she crazy also? Well- we're getting to that. Well, so hold, then, uh, what, uh, when I say crazy, I mean, does oh, she have uh, mental illness? Well, that's what I'm getting to. So then at the, at the very end of the film, she is looking at her, what you think is her mother in the psychiatric hospital. And then the figure turns and she's horrified and you don't actually see whose face it is. And yes, it's all to signify that she is crazy, unhinged, mentally unstable, what have you. And that's how the film ends. Boom. And so, Does it end with anyone laughing maniacally? Because I feel no. like that should yeah, be the appropriate right? thing to so, kind of cap the yeah. movie. So here's the thing. I the the film is very stylish. Like I love the aesthetic happening in the film. I, I was I was on board with it. I was on board through a lot of it. And I was like, wow, okay, this is an allegory about how women are gaslighted and nobody believes them when they try to talk about rape or sexual assault. So I'm like, this is... But she's not gaslighted. She is crazy. But that's the thing. No, no, no. I I know what you're saying. Exactly. So so three quarters of the way through the film, I'm like, this film is great. Like, even if it's kind of messy and doesn't kind of work in places, it's got a great message and a great point. I love what this is doing. Yeah. And then then the movie was like... And the movie was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. We're going to we're going to lay into every single ableist sexist trope that women really are crazy. And it's so disappointing because just because of that. But also I read an interview with the director and she was talking about how she wanted to humanize the protagonist and, and show her that, you know, you can be, you know, you can have these mental health issues, but still be, you know, sympathetic. And I'm like, uh, of course you can. Like, what the fuck? Like, it just... It just was so sounds like a shit fest. Yeah, it was it was so fucked up. So I yeah, (laughs) anything good about the film, like any good feelings I had going in like three quarters of the way Mm. through, it just evaporated by that ending because I was like, what the fuck? That was so enraging. That ending. I I have to say um, in the movie's defense, (laughs) it's rated PG-13. So you should have known it was going to be dog shit because. Good horror movies are not rated PG thirteen. Uh, I loved Black Christmas, and that was rated PG thirteen. <laughs> I didn't see it. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did see Slumber Party Massacre the other day. Love Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, I accidentally started Sorority House Massacre because oh! I, I I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem like it's what it I think it is, and so I googled it. I'm like, oh, I got the wrong movie. <laughs> so 
Mm -hmm. Well, Slumber Party Massacre is wonderful. I love it. I love it when they break off the drill at the end. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. But yeah, so The Turning, uh, Mackenzie Davis is great. Brooklyn Prince is great. I love the aesthetics in the film. I love a gothic horror and, and those visual aesthetics are there. But it's I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're yeah. just reifying every awful stereotype about women being crazy. And it's just and and I love ambiguity in films, too. And if it was an ambiguous ending, OK, that could have been cool. But yeah, it just it doesn't work, hmm. unfortunately. Weird. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like if you had seen who the person was that she was looking at and horrified by, that could have given you a lot of clues. Like maybe it was the maid and maybe she's not crazy. <laughs> you know, maybe. maybe the maid's crazy and it's all in the maid's head. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it's Finn Wolfhard who's crazy. Yeah, maybe. Who the hell knows? <laughs> His name should be Wolf Finnhard. I think that's better. Wolf Finnhard? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what Wolfhard? Finn you, Wolfhard? I know, it creeps me Fucking out. Wolf, Wolf, Wolf anyway. Finnhard, though, you don't want to watch him eat. Just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. So that was the turning. They're turning. That was the turning. And so now mm-hmm. we're going to move on to the second film we're going to yes. talk about, which is the rhythm section. The rhythm is a section. Uh, the I wish going to get you. I wish, we hit, I wish it were the rhythm method. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a movie... At least you, you know, you got a story coming to that out of that one because you're like, oh, it's called the rhythm method. What could this be about? And then it's not what you think it's about. And you're like, oh, OK, now I can be like, I thought it was going to be about, you know, Catholics try not to have kids. But <laughs> 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 which is a movie anyone would watch because no, dot, I just, dot, dot, question that's mark. the first reason. thing I could think of. <laughs> It's kind of like the scene in uh, what is the Monty Python movie where they have the every sperm is sacred number. I think that's is that meaning of meaning life? of life. It's that's definitely of, meaning of life because yeah. there's the whole bit about the the people fucking. Right, right. <laughs> so that's what I'm. That's what I was thinking of when I. <laughs> anyway, the rhythm section. I almost yes. called it the rhythm. Method I know. Again. I almost did too. So yes. Yeah, so the rhythm section is directed by Reed Morano, whose work I love. Um, she did, she also like Floria Sigismondi. She also directed uh, episodes of Handmaid's Tale. She directed the first three episodes. Yeah. Um. She also directed episodes of Billions, um, which I love. Billions. Um. She also did Meadowland with Olivia Wilde. Um. So and it stars Blake Lively and Sterling K. Brown and Jude Law. You know, it'd mm-hmm. be awesome if her name was Live Blakely. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're, you're reversing yeah. names. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the plot's not super complicated in this one. You have a, no, you have this it's woman. Not. Who, it is very linear, actually. Very, yeah, which is sad because you think it's going to be a lot more complicated. You know, you think it's going to well, be this action thriller where there's some great mystery that's being unraveled here, and then when you get to the point where you find out, you know, <laughs> who the villain is, you're like, eh. oh well, it thinks there's lots of mysteries. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it comes off very convoluted, but it's really not. It's really not. No. It's super easy to yes. predict. Yes. I mean, there's well, really only two directions you mm, could yeah. think it could go in for a little while, and then and yeah. then you just realize that one of those is not logical, yeah. so right, it has exactly. to be this other person. Right. So. Well, yeah, and there's just so few cast members in the movie. Right, exactly. Right. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, see this guy who's never been in the movie before? It was him. <laughs> He's the villain. Yeah. yeah so it's Max talk- Casella. It could be Max Casella. It's Cassella. Doogie Hauser's best friend. I know. That's what he'll always be to me. Yeah. Doog. Uh, <laughs> so let's 
talk about the premise. So the premise is that yeah. Blake Lively's uh, parents and her two siblings have died all on a plane crash that she was mm. supposed to be on that she was not on. And now she is a sex worker and a drug addict. Yep. And she meets a reporter comes to her. Oh, yes. Thank a you. reporter comes to her and explains to her that her family didn't die in an accident. Right. It was a bombing and there was this terrorist guy who made the bomb. I have to jump in, jump in here because this irritated me. The reporter is like, I'm a journalist. No reporter says no reporter says I'm a journalist. They might put <laughs> that on their Twitter like, you know, sports journalist, multimedia, White House correspondent, journalist, whatever. But nobody will ever be like, hi, I'm Dave Riedel. I'm a journalist. I'm a reporter. Yeah. I'm a reporter. Yeah. That's what they all say. His business card says freelance journalist, not it. Oh, God. <laughs> it would just say reporter. Right. It would not say that. Right. It might say freelance. It would not say journalist. <laughs> yeah. So he comes to her at, at the, 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 what, we, we, the would we call it a brothel? Shop? A, bro- yeah, a brothel. Yeah, he comes to her at the brothel and pays for her time and says, your family didn't, it wasn't an accident. There was a guy who built this bomb. And I know, I'm trying to find out more of the story as to like who made him build it and all this business. But I can tell you more and you should, he doesn't explicitly say come with me because he gets dragged out by the bouncer, I guess. But he leaves his card and is like, contact me if you want to know more. So she, she... After a little while of thinking about it, she gathers her things and runs away and yeah. finds him. Yeah. And gets him killed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's does... just skip yeah, over. She does get yeah. him killed. She does get him killed, but she knows that he's been talking to an anonymous source and she knows that the location of the source also, who she tracks down. Got to throw this out there. If you're a reporter, journalist, and you're <laughs> working on a really serious, sensitive topic and you're dealing with somebody who is connected to that directly, you are not going to put her in the room with all your research. That is crazy and stupid. Wouldn't he have that locked up? Yes! You would think. <laughs> like, that's all yeah. I kept thinking of. Like, wouldn't he have he that He just leaves name? it lying like, around. Why is, why is he even talking to her about this stuff? The, what? Like... Right. None of it makes sense in that way. If yeah. if you're if you're reporting on the story now, granted, he's only working on it for like an, a really rich guy who had a kid on the plane. But mm-hmm. this is the kind of story that you could get paid to do, and then you could sell it to the Independent or the New York Times or whatever. This it just it doesn't make any sense that he'd be like Stephanie Parker. I need you to know these things, and everyone is dead, and it was a bomb. And now you have closure. Why? No. She finds out when she reads the fucking story. <laughs> I'm going to well, have right. to issue like, a correction on that story. It's Stephanie Patrick. <laughs> Stephanie Patrick. What did I say? <laughs> Stephanie Parker. Oh, Parker. Uh. And I thought power. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> so, well, that's the other thing, too. Like, is he reaching out to all of these surviving family members of the Yeah. It doesn't murder? seem like it. No, it doesn't. So why is he picking her? Because she's yeah. her brothel's next door to his apartment. Yeah, is like, he hoping to sense. get more information right. out of her? Like, it's not clear what his What kind of information is. could she possibly have? Right, she has nothing. Right. <laughs> she knows how to fucking smoke crack. And she knows that her, everyone died in a plane crash. That's what she knows. I mean, my God. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I think she smokes heroin. So, but don't. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say that <laughs> I think I like this movie more than other people because, for me, the the action and like that part of the movie worked for me on kind of a visceral level. But the more I think about the plot, the more it just 
doesn't make sense oh, and it's just stupid yeah, as hell it is and the story is stupid the story is stupid too so i get why people yeah. just saw that and thought right. that was shit that i just watched but i agree <laughs> with you that i really liked the action sequences like they were very raw and mm. realistic intense and tense some of them were they held my attention in a way that i you know had that like pit in my stomach yeah. wondering what was gonna happen right next. and i kind of like I like the idea that because she's learning, because she's, you know, in training, she's not always going to get it right, that she's going to fuck I up. I did make like mistakes. that. Yes. I like that she kind of sucked at oh, she what she was doing. Yes. But just because she, you know, she's not a fucking trained killer. She's barely trained to be a killer, sort of. Right, mm-hmm. right. Like yeah. when she has to kill the guy and like by slashing his throat and like And she, then she can't do she it. She fucks it up. Yeah. <laughs> well she doesn't fucking spray him with the atomizer. I mean, come on, man. That's true. Yeah. There's that. That's true. Yeah, so in case you guys haven't figured out, listeners, she decides to get revenge on the people who planned the bombing. <laughs> After and, she gets the reporter killed. Yeah, and yes. so she finds the reporter's source, who's Jude Law. who is Which an, is way too easy. He's an ex-MI6 guy who's living in Scotland, and he... She begs. She basically <laughs> begs him to train her to become an assassin. And that's, all, that's the other thing. Why does he train her? Yeah, like, yeah. We never learn anything as to like why. He and he keeps telling her she's not good enough, right. and she's not going to be able to handle it. She can't, you know, handle it. She can't hack it, and, and not yeah. even necessarily because you think it's a sexist thing. Because he just, he's just being a shit. He's like, you're just a weak ass person. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing that I think the reason he helps her is because you find this out later, and they don't really make reference to like this could be his motivation. But he is inadvertently the reason her family's dead because he killed the MI6 agent who That's was going true. to take out U-17 before the bombing even took place. So there's yes. that. There but they really that. gloss over that. The right. mysterious person who financed the bomb. The mysterious yeah. person right. who, when he shows up on screen, you're like, it's him! <laughs> <laughs> because why else would he be so charming and lovely while Jude Law's an asshole. Because it's Sterling K. Brown. Because yes. it's Sterling K. Brown <laughs> and he's, and he's a man. Oh, he's the best. He is the best. But I, I want to say to him, you either need to choose better roles or or people need to write better roles for you. I don't know what's going on, but like, I mean, Waves is fine. He was really great I in love Waves. Waves, Waves so, is, yeah. But Waves is a movie. Yeah. We differ on that. We, do, we, do. we have discussed. We do diverge. But I mean, this is like, I don't want to say grade A dog shit, but I mean, it's up there. I mean, I think the writing is awful in this. The writing is poor. I think that's yeah. the problem with this film. It's I I I don't even think Blake Lively's a problem. No. People shit on her all the time. No. She's fine. I like Bla- Blake Lively a lot. Yeah. I don't know why I'm having trouble saying her name. Well, I thought I so I read because I was like, why is she in this film? Because I was really curious. And Reed Morano talked about in an interview why she picked Blake Lively, and she's like, I like seeing on screen and picking in films people who are playing against type and against genre. And she said, I really, she's like, I thought Blake Lively could do a great job. And she was, you know, she said she did. And, yeah. And I, I actually really like Blake Lively in this. I think she's fine in this. Yeah, like, she's fine. I don't fine. think she's mm-hmm. the problem. No, no. I don't think the cinematography is the problem. Um, although I did kind of notice something. It was kind of, it seemed very glaring to me was that like, it was such shaky cam held handheld until almost the end of the film when she's finally like found herself as a she's got her swagger quite literally she's swaggering literally yes and then it's then it's a dolly but anyway but i think everything could work on this but the fundamental foundation is cracked and that's the writing yeah john le carré really needed to have a hand in this Ooh. yeah i mean then it would there would be no action 
But well, still, then there, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> then it would just be a bunch of English guys being like, "Oh, James, In a room. Was, it, was it you?" you know? <laughs> but that's. I think it needed a balance of the action, but also some great dialogue, some great mm-hmm. character development, some depth to it. And that's that's the thing. When I started watching this, I was like, "Oh." We're going to get into some deep trauma. We're going to explore issues of grief. Yeah. We're going to explore issues of addiction. I am nope. here for that. I am so excited. And, mm-hmm. you know. It the, doesn't no. delve into any of that. No, it's way too shallow. There's one honest moment in the movie, though, when Jude Law is like, blah, blah, blah. You're a prostitute and a drug addict. You're not a victim. You're a cliche. And <laughs> I was like, aha. Somebody has spoken truth in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like. The screenwriter, who I think also wrote the novel on which it's based, it's just kind of like, I got to put this in here so people don't think I'm such an idiot, (laughs) you know? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's why I wish it had been. I mean, I I always, well, I shouldn't say always, but I often appreciate when the author of a novel is also adapting the screenplay. But I think clearly someone else should have worked on it with him because this Mm -hmm. is, no. It's often not good when, when someone like that, especially when someone... And I don't. I can't speak for the the writer of this movie, but often it's somebody who doesn't have a screenwriting background, and it's yep. clear they're too close to the material. Right. They don't know how to translate it between the book to the movie, and it's just it just doesn't work. Yes, exactly, and that's why I think it would have been great if he'd had a you know a co screenwriter or someone else with him mm-hmm. to make this tighter, make this better, make this deeper. Like, yeah. why is this not deeper? Yeah, I was it really isn't after no. the movie. I was talking about this with with Chris and he was just saying, like, with this kind of movie, like if you're going to try and be geopolitical, like you really need to actually go there. Right. So like th- there's this whole element of like terrorism and like people who are rogue actors, you know, like mm-hmm. the fact that it, you know, um, Sterling K. Brown is an ex-CIA guy who's launching all these operations and doing all this crazy rogue stuff. And Jude Law also is kind of running rogue operations. Like, there's there's all kinds of stuff <laughs> that, like, you could be commenting on here. Right. But it's, yeah. you're not because you're just, like, right. bogged down in the minutiae of it, which isn't even that interesting or important or even clever because you see it coming a mile away it's either going to be at first jude law or sterling k brown but it logistically it just never is going to make sense for it to be jude law who's financing this entire thing because why would he train her in the first place right it doesn't make sense well and that you know i'm so glad you brought up the geopolitical aspect because so the bomb maker is this guy reza who is a muslim and he's you know supposedly for part of the film Mm -hmm. you think he also is the mastermind because that's what sterling k brown says right and but sterling k brown says something interesting and he's like he's not even a true believer he's just doing it for profit and you could have had it's such a cliche and such an awful stereotype and so islamophobic to have you know in a Muslim as the villain and as the terrorist. And if, Mm -hmm. but you could have actually explored that you could have actually explored like why, you know, are people pissed off and why are, Mm -hmm. you know, why do people choose terrorism? And that's probably, you know, too much for this movie, Right. but you could have at least tried to address those issues and it just doesn't. So it just comes Mm -hmm. off feeling like a cliche yeah, and it feels incredibly, you know, racist and Islamophobic. And then it is Sterling K Brown and it's like, okay, but what's his end game? Like what's going on? Like, yeah, profit, not profit. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, they do that, you know, Die Hard, you have Hans Gruber who freely admits that he doesn't believe in any of that bullshit. He just wants the money. Right. 
Right. And that would have even been more interesting right. if that we got that kind of moment with Sterling K. Brown or we understood more that he was just because like, yeah, he's living comfortably, but he's not like he he doesn't seem to have fuck you money. Like he doesn't no. have like yacht money or like crazy. So why the fuck is he do? Why is he blowing up planes? I also want to know how is he if he's doing all of these things and X X MI6 Jude Law can find out all of this stuff so easily. Mm-hmm. How is Sterling K. Brown alive? How is the right. CIA not dropped into Mallorca or wherever he's living and been like, boom, boom, two in the head? Yeah, because that's Great even question. a question in the movie. They, they, didn't they say something like they knew, was it Reza? They left him alone. Yes, they were like, we, they, they left him alone because they were trying to get to U-17. U-17, yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. I just keep wanting to call him U-571. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Better movie. Wait a minute. Is that the one where John Bon Jovi gets his head blown off? Oh, don't um, remember. That's there's another there's another possibly. World War Two movie yeah. where he's on a submarine and it could be that one. I don't know. I don't know. Well, who's in U five seven one? Is that Matthew McConaughey? Actually, I was thinking Das Boot. So which is oh the, Das which Boot is the original U five seven one. Yeah, <laughs> but I did talk U571 about long too. movies where things happen. Yeah, oh. <laughs> things do happen. Yep, mm-hmm. to the boot. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I wish this movie was smarter because I Same. think for me on a visceral level it works. It's gritty. It's this kind of globe hopping action movie with some really tense scenes mm-hmm. and the, a lot of good location work. Great yeah. location work. And listen, I'm always here for a spy movie. I'm here for a woman spy movie. I mm-hmm. hated Red Sparrow with a burning passion. So I want to see better spy movies. I loved Atomic Blonde. And this I just I wanted so much more from mm-hmm. more depth, more social commentary, more. Character development, just more, 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 more. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very one note. It is. It is. We were actually making fun of the movie last night. The fact that anytime Blake Lively remembers her family, it's just one scene where they're in the kitchen. She just watches <laughs> one video of them over and yeah. over again. We're and imagines cards. That was me who brought that up. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Dave. Uh, and then, yeah, Bravo. when they sit on the couch and take that photo together, it's like we keep seeing the same 30 yeah. scenes over and over again. And it's again. like, look, you. this is clearly a movie that had some money. Why don't we have them like, oh, here we are in Paris. Right. And then here we are at, you know. On a picnic. Like, yeah. yeah. Here, here we are in, you know, St. George's Park or whatever. You know, whatever. You know, sure. here we are going to the U.S. Yay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was there was none of that. It was yeah, just family some... game night <laughs> and the kitchen. So, mm-hmm. the cuisine. Yeah. yeah. Although, I, I did find it touching that, that she listens to the the last voicemail her mother sends her. Touching and horrifyingly sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's absolutely. the thing people do. Right. No, 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 it 100%. is. Sure. No, I, that's why I like that. It, I genuinely like that it's in the film. Yeah. I've broken up with people before. I know this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to their voice one more time. <laughs> yeah. You know what's really funny is when you bump into an ex you haven't seen in a long time and you've forgotten what they actually sound like. And then you're like, oh, my God, you sound like that. I That's weird. I never bump into exes, so I guess I don't I anymore because I, I haven't had an ex in a very long time. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So um, one thing also. Oh, there's two other things that I found were kind of some mm, interesting choices made in the film. So one of them was when. 
Blake Lively is trying to get financed so she can go on this revenge spree. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the rich guy's house whose son had died on the plane as well. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. And then mm-hmm. his wife comes out and she's like, no, I'll give you the money. I won't be silenced. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if this scene would have been in here if it had not been a woman director. I just was like, you know, I was curious. I yeah. was like, I wonder if this would be in here. But then on the flip side, I'm thinking, oh, this is great that I really found it refreshing that she's not having sex with anybody. And I'm like, oh, isn't this great? And then and she did. And then she did. And, you know, and part of me, and I felt kind of conflicted because part of me is like, oh, yay, she's been a sex worker. She's probably been objectified. Good for her for declaring, you know, her mm-hmm. sexuality and owning her body yeah, and all that. Yeah, get in on that Sterling right. K. Brown well, if she I wants mean, it. Listen, if it's Sterling K. Brown, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to get in, if you're going to get on a guy who's like killing lots of people worldwide, <laughs> at least make Sterling it K. Sterling K. Brown. K. Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But part of me was a little disappointed that I was like, oh, can't we just like focus on the revenge? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. By the time you get to the reveal that it's Sterling K. Brown, it just feels so deflated. It's a, just well, such yeah. a like. And the movie also is just kind of like, hey, it's Sterling K. Brown, man. Yeah. And he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, earlier in the movie, she she's attacked by this guy who has a syringe loaded with a uh, like a toxic venom. And she, I really like that scene. Yeah, and she injects him to Sterling K. Brown, and you know he's he's dying yeah. and convulsing, and she's like, you know, basically like, "Fuck you, buddy." Yeah, she's like reveling in his death. She's like, like watching. How's him. it feel to be dying right now, asshole? I know. I did keep waiting though for her to somehow find out it wasn't actually him. Yeah, I kept thinking was that was going to happen because yeah. It, yeah, it felt it almost felt like the movie shouldn't be over yet. Like right? there was more we were supposed to learn. It and took then, us so long to get there, but then it was just like, wait, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> has to be something yeah. else another twist yeah something. and she has that line where she's like we're both pretending to be someone else but i just did it better that was a terrible line yeah <laughs> it was so bad yeah uh, but yeah and then at the end she runs into jude law stops her and uh they kind of have a moment and then it's you know clear and she pulls a knife on him yeah then yeah. it's clear that she's not re- she's not going back to her old ways it seems like she's pro- probably going to try and find a career doing this now well i don't want to you know surprise you guys but this book was not just one book it is a series of books <gasps> gasp uh, i know shocker gasp <laughs> yeah yeah the way it ended i really felt like that was the final chapter <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie is um, it's not good. Mm. I think so. I Evan, like you, I think I like it. Liked it a lot more than than many people, and I appreciate a lot of parts of it. But yeah. I think yeah, the writing is just so not good that it's just yeah, the movie suffers tremendously for it. I rem- mm-hmm. I remember uh, the movie was going on. I was like, this movie is taking its time doing things, and then not in a very compelling fashion no and so i looked at the old watch and lit up the old button and it was eight twenty-two. and i'm like whoa 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 this movie's got another half hour to go oh my god <laughs> and i don't check my watch in the movies even in the long slow movies i'm just like long and slow is cool not here no no so no. yeah i uh mm, mm, ah. that was um mm, yeah, in case you're wondering <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in case listeners are wondering, they do cover what the rhythm section is in the movie when he's teaching her how to shoot, how to control her breathing. Also, doesn't make a lot of sense if you've ever played music. (laughs) Just think of your, just think of your heart heart as the the drums and and your your breathing as the bass. As the bass. (laughs) Like what? Mm, Get your rhythm section in order. 
I don't know about a lot about like playing a musical instrument or reading music, but that just didn't seem right to me. No, <laughs> it's a bad music analogy. Yeah. I could see how I could I understand how breath is relevant in shooting and oh, and, yes. and marksmanship, but yeah, it's very it's a very what? strange analogy. Wait a minute. The breath yeah, breath is important. It's important to get under control, all of that. But can we talk about this? The one thing the one thing the also not great movie Miss Bala did from last year was they talked about when Gina Rodriguez is being um, shown how to shoot a gun. She closes one eye and the guy who's showing her is like, don't do that. That's only in movies and it's terrible and it's not accurate. Keep both eyes open. And, that is true. Right. And so I was like, thank God this is a movie has this. And he's so focused on her goddamn breathing. Like, why isn't he telling her about the eyes? Anyway. Mm-hmm. More nitpicking. I did. I did like that as a test. He had a bulletproof vest on, and he said, <laughs> "Shoot me." And I was really unsure whether she was going to hit right? him in the chest. And he gets shot very high in the chest, almost close to his neck, and yeah, has a does. moment where he kind of <laughs> flinches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Jude Law. I think I, I like Jude Law. I like Jude Law generally speaking. And I just thought mm-hmm. he was fine in this role. But I think this is a role that any actor with a beard could have played. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to sink any, your teeth any into. Any lean actor yeah. with a beard could have played, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like Guy Pierce could have done this aces. Well, Guy Pierce is a great actor, mm-hmm. too. So well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, he would have been 10 years older than Jude Law, but still, it would have been, you know... Old, uh, correction. I don't know how old Guy Pierce is. I just know that he looks like he's aging faster than Jude Law is aging. Mm. There you go. That's Fair enough. I also liked where she was insisting that he teach her how to fight... And then they get into it and they, they like knock the table over and then she, you know, he, Jude Law is like, okay, we're done. And then she kicks him in the balls <laughs> yeah. I when it's over. And then she just walks away. He's like, oh, do you want tea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I see, I didn't love that scene. That was one of the scenes that I was like, uh, cause she's like, you should teach me how to fight. And he's like, you'll never learn how to fight cause you suck. And then she's like, blah, blah. And then they just start fighting. And because I'm like, this conversation is happening. And then they're eating their fucking porridge or whatever it is. Didn't even look like porridge, by the way. But and then it's like, when is the fight scene going to happen? And then it happens. I was like, God damn it. Fucking movie. Did you want the fight scene to not happen? Did you want it? I didn't. I didn't really want it to happen. I was just kind of like, yeah, let's have a movie where she doesn't become fucking superhuman. She's just a fucking woman who can shoot a gun, you know. And in this case, drive a car. And not get slid off a cliff, oh, even my though it God. looked like she was going to. Although that I might have, have been say, the best scene in the movie. That is my favorite, hands down, my favorite scene in the film. I love that. That was that was well done. The I car chase was well done. I love that. That car chase, where you're seeing the camera through the dashboard and then the back dashboard, and then you're up close to her face. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Great. It's an yeah, unusual just, way to shoot a car chase, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, to see the car behind constantly ramming into you. Yeah, it felt like a video <laughs> game, and I loved it. Yeah. It was great. I, if the film had been more like that, Oh, would have been great. With some more depth, of course. Because mm-hmm. I keep harping on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there were some good things and some really not good things. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I have to review this for the old Salt Lake City Weekly. Oh. I'm going to go with one and a half stars. They have a four, Out of four? They, they have a four star scale. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what I would rate this. I you, think I would rate it two and a half. I know you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did like this more than you. I did like the action, and it, for me, carried through some of the shittier parts of the movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
Yeah. And I don't rate anything, so I'm not rating it. Not a fan of the star system. No. Oh, that's a whole other conversation, but I am <sighs> not a fan of I, the rating system. I miss my old rating system from Santa Fe. Oh, what was your old rating system? Well, the best you could get was a yay. <laughs> yay. The, a three, the, roughly a three-star movie would have been okay. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, meh? Meh. Meh was ah. next. And then the lowest you could get was barf. <laughs> Or the coveted double barf. The covet, there were, I gave oh! a double barf and a triple barf once. A triple barf. I gave a double barf to Safe Haven and a triple barf to A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III, which is the only mm. movie that I've ever had to review that I did not finish. <laughs> oh, I remember this story. Yeah. Which I told in, I was like, you guys should know, I only saw the first 45 minutes, and man, there are a couple people who are so, your job as a critic is to see, no, it's not, fucker. It's to tell you whether you should see it or not. And I'm telling you, you should don't. not see it. Yeah. There's no way this dog shit is going to redeem itself in the next 45 minutes. No, it didn't get better. Trust me. I saw the rest. Yeah. I have not seen this film. And now I don't know if I should put myself Never, through the torture of no. seeing it. No, you not. shouldn't. It's, it's terrible. Not, it's not fun bad. Uh-oh. Yeah. No. Forget it then. Bill Murray looks so put out to be there. He, 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 You look at his face in the movie and you think, he's clearly here as a favor. <laughs> <laughs> and he does not want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm not here for a rating system, but that sounds like an amazing rating system. Yeah, they kept it after I quit, and for uh, they finally changed it. They finally rotated oh. it out. Well, the editor, she never really liked it. My my editor really loved it, and um, she came on after we created it, so she didn't really feel right getting rid of it. But mm-hmm. once we were both gone, she's like, yeah, fuck those two. So. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. I'm but just imagining head, that's what happened that's in her right. head. Yes. <laughs> Let to throw this barf right out the window. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'm just imagining someone like with a bucket, like throwing barf. <laughs> yeah. It's like hitting other people behind. Yeah. Hitting other windows. Anyway. You're tossing out the window. Someone in the alley is like, hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking. Oh, that's like Paris. Yeah. I'm thinking about like it now, though. Anyway. We shouldn't have had like a, a dedicated rating system. It should have just been whatever word. Like you could have been this. The rhythm section would have gotten, Ugh. you know, that's what it would have gotten. <laughs> oh, like each film gets its own. Yeah, like UGH. Ugh. You know, <laughs> yeah. One drum and part of a bass. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Snare drum and you know two string slide bass, as if you were the guy from Morphine. You know, so. Oh, I'm getting oh. slap happy. All right. I think we've covered the turning and <laughs> and the rhythm section. I almost forgot what the other Rhythm is a section and rhythm. it is a movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> rhythm is going to get you. Rhythm I mean, the rhythm really you. is going to get you. Rhythm yeah. is going to get you. Oh, anyway. <laughs> rhythm is going to get you tonight. ba 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 Oh man, are we of that generation? Oh boy, like what are their Gloria Estefan moment. songs? Do you know? Come on, baby, Linda, do that conga. Yeah. Yep. Any longer, getting stronger. I was thinking the birdcage when you hear that song. What's that? I was thinking the birdcage when you hear that song. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 Evan, are you not familiar with "Rhythm Is Gonna Get You"? No, I am familiar with it. I just don't remember the lyrics. I mean, basically, it's the rhythm is going to get you uh, tonight. You know, no that's clue and what's happening to, to you. you. Oh, that's right. And that's the verse. This night is through. The rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I think we've exhausted everything. Yes. And each other. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I had fun with that, I gotta say. <laughs> the whole call and response thing was right <laughs> oh, up my alley. that was amazing! <laughs> Felt like I was in a musical. I was living the dream. It was amazing. <laughs> so... We're gonna just take a moment here and let <laughs> Megan recover. <laughs> All right, I feel like I've composed myself. I'm composed. All right, so <laughs> we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Mm. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So iTunes, mm-hmm. Libsyn, Stitcher. Stitcher, Stitcher, all the all the places, all the places. Yeah. But you can also find us at our website, yes, spoilerpiece.com. Mm-hmm. You can also follow us on social media. We're at Spoiler Piece on Instagram and Twitter, and mm-hmm. also Spoiler Piece Theater on Facebook. on Facebook. Yep. And you can also leave us a message. You can call us yes, at, at the hotline, 862-21-PIECE. Woohoo! And we'll, that's P-I-E-C-E. That's right. Not the other kind of piece. <laughs> it's like peace o pie. Yes. And we would love to hear from you. We always love hearing your comments. And if you love us, rate us. Where you ever you rate podcasts. Yes, but you can also go to ratethispodcast.com slash spoiler piece and you can rate on your platform of choice. It will direct you to the appropriate venue. Perfect. And if you really, really, really love us, which we love you, so we hope you really love us, you can become a patron at Patreon. And for just $5 a month, you get to listen to exclusive audio content. This week we talked about the 80s sci-fi film Starman. Mm-hmm. Which Starman. was which was the poll. You guys picked. We gave you some choices and you picked it. Yes. Yep. And, and you, yay for you for picking it. That's right. You picked a good one. And you get to vote in polls if you are a $5 a month patron. And if you're a $10 a month patron, mm-hmm. you get to choose which film each month we watch and talk about. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to start doing that so I can tell you guys to watch <laughs> Hiding Out starring John Cryer. No, no. I haven't seen that in such a long time. Yeah, it's, it's I you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so my name is Megan Kearns. I'm a freelance writer and critic. I am editor of Bitchflix and a member of the Boston Online Film Critics Association. And you can follow me on Twitter at OpinionSWorld and on Instagram at TheOpinionS. And I'm Dave Riedel. I write for Salt Lake City Orlando Weekly... I'm on Instagram. <sighs> Jesus, God, what am I? It's all Dave C's movies, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm a member of Bafka, too. Bye. <laughs> and my name is Evan Crean. I'm holding a golden dreidel right now. And, dreidel, uh... dreidel, dreidel. He made it out of gold. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should ho- hold something each week because I was holding the figment stuffed animal last week. You're mm-hmm. holding a golden, golden dreidel. Because why not? Uh, so you can. <laughs> I'm holding McGroin. Okay, oh! holding McGroin. Nice. Oh! Don't you remember that name? It's like yeah, the, yeah. Everyone knows. <laughs> what? Are, what? Are, there was an uh, holding McGroin. There's another Amanda one. hug and kiss. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking for Amanda hug and kiss. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm looking for Seymour butts. <laughs> anyway, my name is neither Amanda hug and kiss nor Seymour butts. <laughs> <laughs> not this week <laughs> next week maybe <laughs> yes but my name is evan Crean. you can uh you can follow me on twitter and on letterboxd as real recon and i'm the uh editor for the independent I'm co-chair of bafka and co-author of your 80s movie guide to better living and we'll see you next week bye bye